You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. A report came out recently from McKinsey and Lean In organization all about the impact of COVID-19 on work. Some of the findings from that may be not surprising because it, it's in tying in with a lot of anecdotal evidence that's been seen recently. But two key things that I want to focus on on the episode today is that COVID-19 could push many mothers out of the workforce And the second point is that companies are at risk of losing women in leadership. The report does mention some solutions to these issues. So it's about changing expectations of work. So having kind of set hours in which meetings can happen. So it's not at school run times, for example. Trying to overcome the unconscious bias that we have around women. And if we see a child playing in the background, then that that makes us think that she's not as committed to work as we would expect. And also making people aware of all of the benefits that are available to them through work. So whether that's through employee assistance programs, mental health counselling and things like that. So I thought that was that was quite an interesting way to introduce the topic of today. Today's guest is Patty Grimm. Patty brings with her 25 years of experience. She has 15 years experience as a senior leader at Microsoft, and that includes three years of running the Asia Pacific division. She was also the Johnson & Johnson Global Head of Performance and Leadership Effectiveness. She now owns her own company. This is a company that focuses on empowering women to really be the best that they can be. Today's podcast focuses on five ways that you can be an empowered woman leader. And that's not only for women, it's a way to be able to help women within your network to empower themselves as well. As always, I'd love you to get involved in the conversation. Feel free to comment on social media. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome, Patty, to the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you as my guest today. Would you like to introduce yourself to listeners? Yeah, it's so great to be here. And it's such a wonderful thing that you're doing in terms of helping people be happier at work. It's so important right now. Um, so I'm Patty Grimm, and I'm a senior businesswoman leader. So I worked for global companies like Microsoft for 15 years, including running their Asia Pacific region. Before that, I was actually one of the youngest female vice presidents for a big California bank. Uh, and I have also have run my own business a couple of times, and I was a senior leader for Johnson & Johnson, running their global performance and leadership excellence team. So I've had quite an interesting career. I've run my own business twice. Um, I've obviously had my career's ups and downs, and I've always been so passionate about empowering, inspiring women to be the best that could be in any endeavor they choose. And that's really my mission. That's my mission in life. That's what I've dedicated my business to. You know, I do speaking and workshops and webinars and things, but really it's about empowering women to be the best they can be and girls in any yes. effort they choose. Yeah, yeah. And maybe let's kind of drill into that. Now, I know why it's important, but would you like to share with listeners why it's so important that, you know, why is it so important to do this work? Yeah, what's interesting is there's some interesting statistics out recently uh, that show we're at a critical crossroads for business. Now, one of the interesting reports that came out a couple of weeks ago was that McKinsey and Lean In, and I'll send that to you so you can put it maybe in the show notes if people wanted to have it to show their leaders 
because we need allies and support, as we talked about before we got on air. We need ally support. We can't be doing this alone. We've been trying to do this for 100 years. But the recent McKinsey and Lean In study actually showed one in four women are considering either downsizing their career or leaving the workforce due to pressures of COVID. And the fact that the women, despite the fact we have amazing spouses or significant others in our household or people helping us, women are still taking most of the burden. And what's mm. interesting to me is you see something on TV like a cute uh, a cute video of a dad on a Zoom call, like the one, the guy with the interview and the little kid crawls in and then the wife crawls in and tries to pull the kid out. <laughs> and people say, oh, isn't that cute? He's a great dad. The same thing happens to a woman on a Zoom meeting. Say it's a work Zoom meeting and your kid comes in the room and people think, can she handle it all? It's so interesting. Yeah. Women suffer from this double bind paradox. As men rise up organizations, they gain respect and they gain people's credibility. As women start to rise up the ranks, they tend to become more suspect. Like, how did they get there? What were they doing? I mean, so it's very, very interesting to me. And um, the other piece is that women are still making 64 cents to a dollar, or 64 cents to 81 cents on a dollar compared to men who still make a dollar. And the number of women in senior level positions is still in the low, low, low teens, like eight, nine, 10 not even 15% of women in senior level positions. So we're really at a crisis. And what's so interesting is the research actually shows, another report came out that said if women were paid equally, because women's pay isn't just about their pay, it's about their spending power. They have the ability yeah. to, for house, you know, housing, food, uh, healthcare, insurance, any business is impacted by business women's low, uh, pay, low pay parity. And the interesting thing they said, if women were paid equally, be with 12 trillion with a T to the U.S. economy. So it, wow. And really look at the countries that are handling the COVID the best. New Zealand, Germany, women are running them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I totally, totally agree. Totally. And it's interesting. Yeah. You know, the 12 trillion, that's just in the U.S., Think about the global economy, yeah. you know, and all of the other countries. And in Ireland, we um, we are um, creating a, a law to, to come into effect in the next couple of years in relation to equal pay in relation or sorry, not e sorry, not equal pay in relation to um, the gender pay gap. Yeah. And I think a lot of people maybe confuse it with equal pay, thinking it's women want to get paid the same as men, but it's more about the representation and gender representation at more senior levels within organizations, which if they got, you know, if women had that earning power, they would have that spending power mm -hmm. and be able to spend that and to, to kind of kickstart the economy as well. Across every business. So if you're a man business owner who runs an insurance company, a healthcare company, a shop, a restaurant, a school, if women had more money, they'd be able to spend more on those things that are sort of the additional things we have. And it's so important. And many parts of Europe, like Germany and Ireland, other places are far ahead of the United States in what's being done. California, where I live, um, did pass a law to put more women on boards. And they also passed a law that says that you can no longer ask on an employment application or an interview how much you made in your last job. Okay, it's, interesting. it's now illegal because what the the, the thought process behind it is, is that if I made, say, $30,000 a year in my last job and the job I'm going for is paying fifty, 
and they ask me what I made in my last job and I say 30, they're going to probably offer me 40 and I might be happy. Uh, yeah. The second, yeah. the other real interesting study is an IBM study that showed that, co- that companies that are doing it well are wreaking the benefits of higher profit, higher revenue, higher employee engagement because people are happier at work, going back to the name of your podcast, and mm-hmm. higher customer loyalty because there's that uh, parallel that the way you treat your people is how they treat the customers, which makes them more productive, which makes you more profitable. So it always yeah. sort of relates back to business, but it comes back to we need more leaders and more women leaders at higher levels in organizations so they are making real business decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. You won't have any argument from me at all on this, <laughs> Patty, I have to say. And um, I know that you talk a lot about the steps that we can take. Yeah. So I'd love to to dive into that and understand it a little bit more. And obviously, it's not just women alone who can do this. We have allies, you know, we have we have allies in in uh, in men, which is great. Yeah, we need we need men. We need men allies. We need more men to sponsor women. Uh, another piece of interesting data. I'm a research research geek, so apologize. So they found that women who have male sponsors or mentors earn 13 percent more. So one thing for women out there is go find a man sponsor to help you and help them and help them teach you the business, not just work on your confidence, not just work on your speaking ability, but have them teach you the business, the profit and loss statement. What is the company? What's the company's business strategy and what are they trying to accomplish? So you can speak the language of business and you have a program you want to roll out. I did this when I was in a training development role. I was director of training development. And if I ever wanted to roll out a training program, I made sure I could prove that that was going to help us generate more revenue, improve customer satisfaction, improve employee engagement and work, but impact the bottom line in some way. So we definitely need those men allies. And then for my book, which is Quiet Women Never Change History, Be Strong, Stand Up, Stand Out, with the subtitle of Let's Go Kick Some Glass, because we still need to kick that glass ceiling, what we just talked about, right? Um, I, 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 li- I literally spent three years, um, li- li- after I left Microsoft, I spent three years researching, interviewing over 3,200 people, men and women, about what makes a strong, confident woman leader. And I came up with these five things. So uh, we could talk about those. So the first one is be strong. Now, you're going to be happier at work if you play to your strengths. Yes, you need to take your weaknesses and get them to an acceptable level or surround yourself with people on your team who have strengths that you don't. But number one is you need to be strong. You need to play to your strengths. You need to find roles and careers and opportunities that fit you like a glove. You don't want to be a square, a square hole, you know, a, a round hole and a square, you know, a round peg and a square hole, whatever that saying is. Um, you want to be somebody that fits in that role. And yes, you yeah. probably in your career will need to take a role outside your comfort zone. For example, mm-hmm. at Microsoft, I'm not a product person. I'm not, I'm a research geek, but I'm not a tech geek. So I cannot fix your computer. Please don't email me for advice on computer <laughs> fixing. I can do really great yeah. points, but I don't fix computers. But I, mm. I went into work for a product group for 18 months, knowing that assignment I needed to round out my career but I knew I was not going to be in that role forever. So you may need to take a role a little outside your comfort zone so that you can grow, but then immediately get back to playing to your strengths. So that's the first one is, is be strong. Certainly when I started my career, it was very much about understanding your weaknesses 
and your weaknesses being called out and doing everything you could to overcome those weaknesses. And there's been a big shift towards playing to your strengths, knowing what your strengths are and really playing to your strengths. Um, I like this idea of surrounding yourself with people who can can kind of combat your weaknesses for want of a better word. So say if I, I'm very detail oriented, I sometimes struggle with the bigger picture. So if I had someone on my team who was very good at the big picture stuff, then that would be ideal for me. This idea of fit and your using your strengths as part of of that way to fit into the right role it ties in with um the research that i did for my master's dissertation recently which was all around this concept of fit now the strengths and the kind of the matching of skills and abilities was only a small part of that but it is still important to be able to to play to your strengths so i really like that and especially this getting outside of the comfort zone and um that's something I speak an awful lot about in relation to imposter syndrome. So <clears throat> yeah, being able to, to almost live outside of that comfort zone. So being comfortable with being uncomfortable because that's where you grow. You don't grow by staying the same and by doing the same things. You grow by learning new things. And I suppose the, the other thing that springs to mind in relation to that is you know, and, and you spoke about moving to a product team when you knew specifically that that wasn't in your, your zone of genius or your area of strength, that that is how you realize what you're good at. Mm-hmm. So either you find something different that you never knew that you were good at because you'd never tried it, or you realize how much of a strength that other area that you came from really is. And when you go back there, you're like, okay, I can see, you know, I can do this with my eyes closed. <laughs> we would be the perfect team because I'm that big picture visionary person that is awful at details. I literally, when I, when I do webinars and workshops or face-to-face presentations, I tell people, I don't see the details. So I have proved my slides a hundred times and I will still find, I'll still be standing on stage or doing a webinar and I'll find an instant where I use the word T-W-O instead of T-O or T-O-O, Right. And, and I've, just, I've learned to make sort of a joke about it, about being a creative speller, but we would be a perfect blend of a team. And people yeah. can find their strengths by getting any of the books by Marcus Buckingham on Strength Finder. Yeah. Any yeah. of the, you can take a disc, you know, the D, small I, S, C profile to figure out what your strength zones are. And then you mm-hmm. want to be able to have that emotional intelligence where you know what your strengths are, but you can be style flexibility to other people's strengths. And so you're aware of how to work well with others. And that's really key to being a great leader. Your confidence and your ability to work with people is more important that your comp- than your competence in today's business. And that's so yeah. important for women. Yeah, absolutely. And in relation to emo- emotional intelligence, then, I suppose like one of the interesting things is often people think that they are more emotionally intelligent than they actually are. Um, And specifically when it comes to self-awareness, like being aware of their own emotions and also being aware of other people's emotions and how to react. Um, So, I mean, any thoughts around building up our self-awareness steps that we could take to address those kinds of issues? We all have blind spots, right? We all have 
things that we think we're really good at doing and other people look around and go, mm, not so much, right? Mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> you think you're great at this, but you're not. Uh, find, find some allies, find some friends and people that can help you when you're going off, off, off track. I mean, uh, my style, my MO is I'm a very direct uh, person and I can go from being assertive to being aggressive. I had mm. an assistant when I worked um, at the bank. Uh, her name was uh, Tiffany. And she was amazing. But the one thing she would tell me once in a while is we had this, this cue word of grit and grace, right? So I had a lot of grit yeah. and I would, if I got my head down on a project, I was all, you know, bowl in a china shop, everything forward and let the bodies lie where they may in some cases. And, and so she <laughs> would come to me some days and say, we had this grit and grace cue. And she'd say, I think you let, left grace at home today. <laughs> okay. And I'd know to back up. Or I would ask people, I say, sometimes... I say things so strongly and I think in my brainstorming and wanting your ideas and you think I'm directing. So I'm just okay, yeah. throwing out some ideas. I want to hear yeah. your ideas. So state yeah. intent before content, be explicit about some things and also yes. uh, humor, you know, <laughs> just uh, you got to get up. Have fun. Yeah. Have, have fun. fun. Have fun. Be happier mm. at work. Yes. Yeah. Work. Yeah. Yeah. Fun, I'm realizing is one of my one of my core values. So yeah, it's right up there. Um, so it's really about that getting getting feedback from people and being open to receiving that feedback yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and taking on a board and learning from that. So knowing knowing how you play, knowing how you react. I love what you said about this. Um, uh, you were merely making suggestions and probably welcoming challenges, whereas other people perceived that to be, oh, this is what Patty wants to do. Yeah, I get oh, so, we better go and do that. <laughs> I get so excited about things. I actually had somebody else tell me, can you please make a signal when you're making a right or left turn and you're changing your mind? Because we're having trouble following you. It's, <laughs> I can go really fast and really quick. And so it's important to sort of have that ability to know yourself, be self-aware, and then have people that can help you. Uh, when things yeah. are going to rise. So that's kind of a yeah. funny thing to do. Yeah. So the second one uh, is probably one of the things that when I was in my career at Microsoft, I had one of those career moments when I went from rock star to rock bottom for a short period of time. And what I realized happened to me in that moment was I stopped being true to myself and I stopped okay. living my personal vision and the kind of person I want to be. So the number two is stand up. In order to stand up, you need something to stand on. And I have a process and I have a free PDF guide if people email me at the end of the show of how to write your own personal vision statement. The thing mm -hmm. that got me back from back to rock star from rock bottom was I realized I stopped living my vision and I was trying to have live everybody else's vision for me. I stopped controlling my own destiny and was following what other people thought I should do. And it almost... Literally, I was in front of a doctor who said I'd be dead in six months if I didn't take care of myself because I was wow. I was working 80 hours a week. I was working every night and every weekend. So, yeah, but I was able to come back because I realized I had forgotten my personal vision. So people may have a vision board. This is a vision statement. This is a mm. short statement. It can be as little as three words. My three words and my vision is to make a difference. So yeah. I can stand up for myself and I can stand out as being someone who's true to that vision of making a difference. That's a short version. 
shouldn't be more than 12 or 13 words. So the longer version is to make a difference in empowering women and girls to be the best they can be. That's the longer version of the vision. And I make career and life decisions based on my strengths and based on my vision. So I work with clients where I think they really want to make a difference, not that they're going to pay me to come in and make people happier at work by doing some nice training or some inspirational sessions. And then they go back to a toxic environment, right? So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I walked out on a huge contract in downtown Los Angeles with a large utility company who wanted me to come in and do management training for all their supervisors. And when I was in that presentation, when you're in front of all of these men, you're in front of their board, making a presentation about why they should choose you, I kept asking these men, what will you do to create a culture or environment that once these people are trained, they can use these new skills? They couldn't answer the question. I asked it five times. And finally, I said to them, it sounds to me like you've got some issues with the organization and you can spend money with me or somebody else to train these managers, but it won't make a difference. And I'm not the consultant for you. And I left the room and they were, they even called me later and said, we can't believe you left. And I said, they said, were you serious? And I said, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. If you knew that you weren't going to be making a difference, then what's the point? It was, it was was for money and I would not be happy. I would not be happy. I know one of your questions is what makes you happier at work, which we'll get to that. Um, So the process of kind of thinking about writing the vision is imagine you want to be where you want to be in five years and that you're on your favorite show, right? When I did this, my favorite show was the Oprah show. Now it would be the Ellen show. So imagine you're on your favorite show and take some time, go to your favorite place, close your eyes, imagine you're on your show and you're surrounded by your friends and family, your bosses, your coworkers, people who worked for you. And you're hearing them talk about you as a leader in that future vision state. She made a difference. She was empowering. She was honest, integrity. She had compassion. She had passion. Whatever your words might be, respected, uh, honest, incredible, credible. And write all those words down when you open your eyes. Write all those words down. And of course, over a couple of weeks, just fine-tune those words. And then strict, pick your favorite ones and put it together as a statement. So you could say... You know, I am a strong, confident woman leader who makes a difference or whatever your statement might be. Or I am compassionate, caring, strategic thinker. Make a statement and then make career and life decisions based on that vision so you can stand up on a strong foundation like a house. You can remodel your house all you want, but the foundation isn't strong. It's not going to stand. It's going to crumble. Yeah. It's really, I mean, what I wrote down is it's really, it's about living true to yourself. Yes. It's about knowing really who you are and making decisions to back that up. Yeah. So it's in alignment with your own core values and living authentic, Yeah, you know, living an authentic life. If I ever find myself feeling frustrated or down, or I feel like I'm going off course, I go back and ask myself, is what I'm doing helping me live my vision? And if, mm. you, if you're in a situation where you're in a job and you need the job at the moment, then find that vision in volunteer work and things you do, like whether that be gardening or you want to volunteer at the local community or the food bank. Find other ways to get that energy so you can continue to be strong. And we're going through tough times, so hopefully, knock on wood, at some point... <laughs> We get back to something called the new normal, whatever that yeah, is. <laughs> that's it, yeah. 
Um, something else that I've heard recently as well is if you picture yourself, say, as an 80 year old and you're in your rocking chair and you're looking back on your life, like what are the things that you're most proud of and what are the, the kind of big memories that, that stand out for you? Or, I mean, this is maybe a little bit more morbid, but thinking about um, an obituary, like what would you <laughs> like people to say about you yeah, yeah. after you've passed away? You know, I, I'd heard that for years about, you know, what people say at your funeral. So I changed it to being on your favorite show. I think it's a little bit more positive. Right? It being, is a <laughs> lot more positive. Yes, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So number three kind of relates to your thing about po- imposter syndrome is all about standing out. So be yeah. valuable. That means whatever you've decided is your vision and your strengths. It's become a master in your craft. Right. I've been doing speaking and presenting and training workshops for 25, probably 30 years. And yet I still watch TED Talks. I still watch other people do webinars so I can pick up some techniques or some tools or some things uh, or even adopting my face-to-face presentations, webinars and workshops to being uh, on, on Zoom or on video now. I had to adapt some things so I had to learn some new things. So be valuable in what you do. So it's about being valuable, being visible, and being vocal. So being visible means being present in a Zoom meeting or when you go back to work, take a seat at the table, right? Take a seat at the table because people at the table, according to research, get their ideas heard while people who sit in the bleachers or on the side of the conference rooms don't get heard. In Zoom meetings, show up. You only have to dress from the waist up. (laughs) So show up, turn your camera on, make sure your image is equal size to other people. Before we got on the call, I was moving my camera around. So we were sort of equal height. I wasn't like this big and I wasn't like this small. Because when you do this, that's when the confidence and imposter syndrome comes in. You're making yourself look small and people see you as small. And as I said, confidence is more important than competence. And then be vocal, speak up. Before a meeting, especially if you're an introvert, ask for the agenda so you can prepare. So you can come up with some points you want to bring up and raise your hand and have a point of view or comment. If you hear other people in the room say something, add something to their ideas, even in the Zoom call, right? So be able to contribute so that you're more valuable, you're more visible, and you're more vocal. Keep an accomplishment list. Keep a list. If you have to go back in history, keep a list of all your accomplishments so you could use that in your next performance appraisal, in your promotion request, in your search for a new job. And somebody says, well, tell me what you've done. You have an accomplishment list. Plus, if you ever have a bad day, I mean, go back and look at the emails people sent you. I clearly, all the, all the comments I get from my presentations, I keep those because if I'm having a bad day, I can go back and look at them and go, well, I guess I'm okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not perfect, yeah. but I guess I'm okay. Yeah. And when, no, it really, it really helps having that, you know, a list of your accomplishments that you can refer back to or nice emails or, you nice know, emails. from clients or colleagues. All of it. Yeah. All of it. And then, you know, once a week, maybe write it down at the end of the week, what I do, what you accomplished this week. And women, yeah. women, 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 please give up perfectionism. Move from perfectionism for striving and excellence. Or easier, easier said than done. It's hard. Well, here's the definition of perfectionism that blew my mind. So perfection is a personality trait with overly unrealistic high expectations combined with being overly self-critical 
and caring too much about what people think. So you could go Google any celebrity and put in their name and put in imposter syndrome or confidence, and you're gonna come up with a whole list of people that you think are famous and perfect, that have as many flaws as you and I do, and learn to celebrate those flaws. And something, if you do a presentation that goes well, learn to say thank you. Yeah. Not, oh, I should have done this and I could have done this because now you've just degraded what you just did. Yeah. If it yeah, didn't yeah. go well, kind of go, well, oh, well, I'll do better next time. Or ask yourself, what could I do next time to create a better result? Yeah. And that's certainly something that I previously would have been guilty of where other people say, oh, wow, that was amazing. And I'd be like, oh, and if only I had written T-O instead of T-W-O in the deck or if I, you know, and, and I, I pick myself up on little things yep. that are really in the grand scheme, not that important. But now I come away and I congratulate myself. If it went well, I just think, yeah, no, I'm happy with how that went. And like you say, could I have done something differently? What would I do that would make it even better the next time? Um, so I've definitely learned how to do that in the last couple of years. Another thing that I wanted to get your thoughts on is um, uh, something I heard recently about men passing the mic to women. So oftentimes when meetings are dominated by the people who who, who want to have their voices heard and, and how we get other voices you know, especially I'm, I'm an introvert. Uh, I know a lot of other people who are introverts, but it's, I suppose it's making sure that everyone's voices are heard in a meeting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and having those allies to pass the mic. Yeah. And it goes for women too. So if you're in a meeting and you bring up a brilliant idea and it goes unheard, I should be saying something that says, you know what? She had a brilliant idea. Uh, I don't, I'm sure everybody heard it. Can you say that again? So we should be, so my my, number, we'll get to number four quickly. The last two are pretty quick, but number five is pay it forward and help rise uh, other women rise up and make sure we leave the world a better place for the next generation. So how do we help lift women up um, and how do we help them go forward? So it's about supporting women in meetings, supporting their ideas. Um, It's even going to women before you're going to present at a big presentation, go to women and men and try and gather support for your idea before you get in that meeting and say, I'm interested in your opinions. I want to make sure I'm including your feedback. Um, but in essence, you're asking them to help you make a presentation better. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, num- no, so number, number four is put yourself number one on your things to do list. Not number 10. Oh, yeah. Not <laughs> when I went through the crash and burn, I was not even on the list. I wasn't even in the top 100. You have to eat, pray, love, take care of yourself. You can't pour from an empty teacup. You can't give away what you don't own. And just like they say on the airplane, put your mask on first Yeah. before you can take care of others. You have to take care of yourself. So yes, we're in the, I think there's going to be a new word for 2020 called zoomed out. I'm zoomed <laughs> out. Yeah. A video called zoomed out. Take a break. Yeah. Go walk outside. Go walk your dog. Go hug your kids. Go garden. Go bake something. Uh, the funny thing here, I live in Coachella Valley out in Palm Springs. And at one point, everybody was baking, including me. I, yeah, I, went, yeah, to, yeah. I went to eight stores to find flour and yeast, and there was none that existed. Finally, I went to a, I went to a big warehouse. I, I finally went to a big warehouse store, and I think I bought like 
50 pounds of flour and a thing yeah. of, of yeast about this big, they'll probably last me 25 years. <laughs> so, <laughs> do things that bring you joy. Go back to the, yeah. that uh, organizer lady that's on TV now. What brings yeah, you joy? Marie Kondo, yeah, Marie yeah, yeah. Read a book. Yeah. Or even in between Zoom meetings, go outside for five minutes. I'm not talking hours. You know, meditate for two minutes. Take a walk. Go for a swim. Go for a walk. Go yeah. for a jog. Uh, hug your dog, your cat, your significant yeah. other. Yeah. And even something as simple as putting yourself in your diary for five minutes and saying, I'm going to take this five min- this five minutes to myself to either think or to meditate or to journal or to step outside or to do something because it is, I I'm guilty of this as well, that it is hard to put ourselves as number one, especially if you have lots and lots and lots of obligations and you feel obliged, you feel obligated to other people. Um, yeah. So I can, I can definitely relate to that. I had to, Any other thoughts well, on, on how we can, put ourselves as number one well the other thing I did when I worked at Microsoft because I would get a thousand emails a day on a on a slow day Um, I I literally put time on my calendar I put time on my calendar to get up and walk away from my desk walk up and down the floors walk outside even it was pouring raining go grab a cup of coffee go to a different floor when you're at work here you could just maybe go outside with your tea or coffee or whatever I drink tea so uh, you know go outside for a few minutes uh, but put it on your calendar Literally mm. put on your calendar at the beginning of the day, 10, 15 minutes to celebrate your strengths. So something on the end of the day, take a real lunch. I would have the yeah. IT people come to my desk to fix my computer. And because I was eating on my desk like a gerbil, I literally, my, my keyboard was full of crumbs and liquid and stuff. And I go, well, that's why your computer's not working, lady. Are you, what, what's, what, what, what are you thinking? <laughs> Don't eat over your keyboard. That's an expensive asset. <laughs> so get away, walk away, go outside. Yeah. Um, so do something, Just step that, away. but put it on your calendar. Otherwise it yeah. won't happen. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody wants to have a zoom call with you, say, instead of 10 o'clock, can we talk at 10 15? Yeah. So you're not back to back to back to back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. It's tough, definitely. Um, another thing I wanted to highlight as well is like a lot of my friends, I'll say, you know, you can do a meditation. There's lots of apps out there. There's lots of free apps as well. And maybe the assumption is that it's hard to meditate or that your mind just wanders anyway. And what's the point? And, you know, I don't have 15 or 20 minutes to do it. I have friends who have kids and I say, you know, you can take a minute. There's one minute meditations on there. And the difference that just taking one minute listening to someone else, just kind of, you know, getting out of your own head for a minute, I think really, really helps. So you don't need an awful lot of time. You you can do these things in, in a short amount of time and then get back to your day feeling a little bit more refreshed. Yeah, when I was working full time, I would I literally would get up at five thirty in the morning so I could spend a few minutes for myself. I'd do a workout, you know, I'd do something for myself, and then I would face the day and get the kids ready for school and run off to the office and then, you know, all those kind of things. And at the end of the day, I would try and spend a few minutes for myself as well. So it like you said, it could be a minute. Mm. But if you don't, it's gonna come back and it's gonna it's gonna bite you. Your your body mm. has a way of sending you a message when you're brain won't listen 
and you'll start to get sick and you'll start to not feel yeah. as good. Uh, you'll find yourself, you know, you're eating the wrong things. You're doing the wrong things. You're, uh, you take a break, T- just yeah. a minute, five minutes, close the door. And, you know, at one point I remember I told my kids, they were, you know, mom, 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 I'm, I'm changing my name, <laughs> changing my name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not mom anymore. It's not mom. <laughs> no, but I knew, I mean, yeah, you all have crazy stories of the kids doing things, but yeah. yeah. So the last Absolutely. one, the last one is number five is pay it forward. Yeah. We, we owe yeah. it this next generation of women and men to leave this world a better place. So find a mentor, be a mentor, find a male mentor. If you're a woman, I worked with one senior executive at Microsoft that uh, executive vice president that when I was interviewing for interviewing him for my book, he said, I only mentor women. And I thought about, and I looked back and I was one of his mentees and I thought about it and I realized he never mentors men. And he says, I mentor women because I feel they have more potential. They're more willing to listen. And I can't deal with male egos. (laughs) And I said, thank you, Orlando. I love you. (laughs) Literally. (laughs) I would walk through hot coals or flamings for that man to this day. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And like, I mean, something I would add to that as well, to pay it forward, it's about supporting other women as well. So about collaborating rather than competing. And when you when you see something that's done well, call it out. If you see whether it's a small business, you know, tell people about it, shout about it. If you see something done well, tell people. Yeah, absolutely. And I want people to support other women, not sabotage. Because yeah. one of the things a friend of wrote, our mine wrote a book about what women are doing wrong, according to men. And she researched with men. And one of the number one things men say that women do that prevents their moving up the corporate ladder is they compete against each other in an ugly yeah. way where men compete. Mm-hmm. But they can compete and be head to head in a meeting and they walk out, shake hands and go have a beer together. Yeah. Where we tend to hold on to it. So uh, one of my proudest mother and grandmother moments, because I'm a grandmother. Uh, was I always post all these things on my Facebook page of inspirational quotes or things that are going on. I post all my interviews, all that stuff. And I'd posted a picture of a woman with a crown. And the quote said something like, a a strong, empowered woman straightens another woman's crown without telling her it's crooked. Yeah. So my daughter and granddaughter, my daughter has a, a little baby and her name is Avery. And she got into this bow contest, this thing about all these little babies and all these women have all these beautiful bows and they dress up the kids. And there's even a picture of Avery in a pot of spaghetti with all with these <laughs> bows and all this crazy. It's a contest. They win money and they win bows or something. But uh, my daughter posted a picture on her Facebook, a picture of Avery with a bow and one of her little girlfriends. And Avery's touching the other girl's bow, trying to straighten it. And the quote that she put on there was a powerful, strong, confident woman straightens another woman's bow without telling her it's crooked. Yeah. And I thought, I did okay. (laughs) Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's what you want, really. So they're they're the five things. Um, So be strong, stand up, stand out, put yourself as number one and pay it forward. Yep. And they don't take a lot of time. They don't take a lot of money. You could do all of these, a lot of these things yourself by just looking on the internet for some of these things. 
um, lots of classes you can take and things to master those skills. So it's something any woman can do at any age and any stage of her career. And I really want women to understand that the only way we're going to break through this glass ceiling is if we help each other. Yeah. Yeah. And something I read recently is about the glass ceiling sometimes being self-imposed that we think that there's a glass ceiling there when actually there's not, and we can quite easily break through it. And I love this, this five steps. Well, and it gets to the imposter syndrome. It gets back to the fact that women research again shows women sees a job or a, a new career or promotion with 10 characteristics. She has eight of them, maybe even nine. Yeah. And says, I don't think I'm ready. Yeah. yeah the man yeah. has three of those characteristics, applies and gets the bloody job. Yeah. 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 You have to go. Yeah. Sometimes you have to stress. I mean, I took jobs. I took a job for Microsoft where uh, people thought I was crazy because I went from living in Washington to taking a job running a customer partner experience team in Asia. So I lived in Singapore for three years and ran an Asia Pacific team from China to Australia every part of the Southeast Asia or Asia you can imagine. And I, you know, one, I'm leaving my own country for the first time. I would always worked in global roles, but I'd never lived in another country full time. I was uprooting my husband who had to quit his job and be the trailing spouse because he couldn't get work permits in Singapore, which was fine because he cooked and played golf and all those kind of things while I worked, (laughs) traveled with me sometimes, but not always. Um, and so it was that thing where I was thinking, I, first day I walked in the corporate headquarters of the new office and I'm thinking, am I ready for this? I had that moment of self-doubt, that mm-hmm. imposter syndrome. And I said, they hired me for a reason. And my boss said, we hired you for a reason and we want you yeah. to be you. Yeah, that's bringing, bringing your whole self to work. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, Patty, is there anything else that you'd like to share on the podcast today in relation to empowering women or, or any of the other really important topics that you speak about? I think the number one thing is that I want women to, I want women to be bold, be brave and be brilliant. Yeah. And I want men to support us. I want them to sponsor us, be allies, wake up to this research. Uh, The one thing I would encourage since we'll put the links in the, uh, or the information in the show notes, is if you're a woman that's working in a corporation, take these research studies, share them with your leadership team, share them with your managers and say, what are we doing to put things in place? A lot of companies are doing things like putting in these employee resource groups for women or people of color or gay or, you know, people that are LGD, LBGT, I I won't get it right. And I don't want to offend people. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say LGBT. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, Whatever you happens to be, you know, Asian workforces, you know, women with children, women without children workforce, they're putting together all these nice resource groups and they're giving them a a few dollars to do some things like some lunches and stuff, but it's not part of the business strategy and that's what's missing. It's not part okay. a core part of the business strategy and it needs to be there. Yeah. So relate this strategy around people and inclusion back up to the overall business strategy. Yeah. 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 And my definition of uh, diversity, equity, inclusion is diversity is being invited to the meeting. Equity is being given a seat at the table. Inclusion is being given a voice at the table. And that gets to men passing the mic and that gets to women standing up and then we go all around again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Making sure that introverts have a, you know, have a voice as well as extroverts and it's not 
being dominated by the same people all the time, that, you know, that people understand that their ideas are really, really important. And it's people who are closer to customers who often have the, the best kind of innovations and ideas as well. The, the more senior you, you get in roles, the further away often you are from the, the actual customers. So, um, yeah, it's really, really important to, to make sure that people have a voice for the introverts of the world, there's a great YouTube video called The Power of Introverts. I don't, I don't remember her name, but I'm sure you can find The Power of Introverts. Great. And you will find that in many cases, and I found this working with an executive team, the person who was the introvert. So people still make the mistake that introvert and extroverts about personality. It's mm-hmm. not. It's about how you make decisions. It's about how you think. It's about how you process information. Extroverts tend to think out loud. So they tend to think while they're talking. So they think yeah. first introverts need to go inward to get energy and strength to be able to have the right because they don't want to be wrong right they don't want to be wrong where extroverts don't care if they're wrong as long as they're still talking <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. So, no I can totally, I can totally relate to that I process all the information and I like to to process information internally before I share it and like that I do like to make sure that I'm saying the correct thing that I have it process and I know what it is that I'm going to say rather than thinking out loud yeah and so it's, it's okay to say to people I'm I, I want to process the information because I want to make sure I'm giving the the, the best response I don't hmm. want I don't want to respond halfway because that's we could go forever into personal styles and instruments and things but it's really about making sure that you're accurate and right because that's what's important to you where for us what's be for extroverts what's being important is just being seen absolutely and we just keep talking (laughs) yes (laughs) no matter what they're saying they'll just keep talking (laughs) um great so patty is there is there anything else that you'd like to share on the podcast today um i really want people to to really take this seriously this is women's crisis is serious it is a crisis we could be losing one in four talented women out of the workforce we need to create programs to welcome them back. Not only the women, but a lot of men have to take time off to care for an elderly parent. We should have a returnship in companies, not an internship, a returnship. So say I take six months or a year off to take care of my father, who's, who when I did this, he actually had dementia, he's since passed away. There needs to be a way for me to come back into the work environment in a safe environment for like 60 mm-hmm. to 90 days, a returnship, and then I get back right on track on my career or even higher. So that's another thing for companies and things to think about is return ships. Something I'm I'm very interested in, and it does it does tend to be women who take that time out to care for elderly parents and sick parents. Um, and I know certainly in Ireland there are those types of programs are starting to come into ex- in existence, um, but maybe it's not the same in in the US yet. Yeah, yeah, I haven't I haven't seen many of them. It might be one or two really uh, sort of leading edge companies that are out there sort of doing these things, but I haven't seen a lot of it. It's just something to think about. Yeah. So, so people can, so people can find me um, at my email. They want to email me. It's Patty at live.com. It's P A T T I E G R I M M at L A V E.com. If they email me, I'll send them the PDF guide of how to write your personal vision. Um, normally my book is 1895 on Amazon. And I have a special offer for podcast people, for podcast listeners, that you can get the book for $10. Um, oh, wow. And I'll give you a link. You can either email me or I'll give you the link now, um, which is 
womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. So womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. And I'll send you, a, and that, that will give you direct access to this link. Now with that comes $200 in free bonuses. Um, if your listeners are in the U.S., shipping and handling is free. If you're outside the U.S., you need to pay for shipping and handling. Just would cost too much to yeah, be lo- yeah, I mean, losing more money on the book. So uh, <laughs> that's something to think about. So absolutely. if nothing else, they can uh, contact me if they want to, me to do a webinar in their company or workshop or talk to your leaders uh, about why we need women in the workplace. Brilliant. Love that. And Patty, what makes you happier at work? What makes me happy at work is doing exactly what we're doing right now. It's educating people and empowering women and girls with the best they can be in any endeavor they choose. It's having one person send me an email or one person after I do a presentation saying, wow, I learned so much and that really helped me. That gets my energy going for the next six months to a year. And that keeps me going forward and doing the things that I love to do. It's working with great people. It's meeting great people like you. uh, And it's making a difference in the world. I was about to say, this all ties back in with what you said at the start (laughs) about making a difference. That's Mm -hmm. exactly what it is. So when you can educate people and you're making a difference, especially in something that is in line with your values, then that's what really lights you up. It really does. it. It really does. Yeah, it really does. And so if you can find jobs where you can find that, rock on. If you're in a yes. job that you need to have right now because you're not finding that, then find that in some volunteer work or something you do with your family. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time today, Patty. It was a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you. That was Patty Grimm, and I really enjoyed my conversation with Patty today. It was just a lot of fun. We had so much fun on our chat. Now, I wanted to take some time to recap on what she said. I want to talk about the five steps that she covered. And step number one is be strong. And that's all about playing to your strengths. And it could be about finding people who have strengths that are complementary to yours, finding the right fit within a team. And it's not just about trying to fix weakness. So you should be trying to overcome your weakness as much as you can, but also being aware that everyone has weaknesses and it's best to find someone else who has strengths that are complementary to yours. So the example that we used was the big picture versus a detail oriented. It's also an opportunity to get outside your comfort zone. And that is really where you are going to grow as a business professional, as a human being. She mentioned a couple of ways to find out more about what your strengths are. So that is the opportunity to look at Marcus Buckingham's Gallup Strengths Finder. There's also the DISC approach and also emotional intelligence quizzes that you will find online. One of the other areas that she covered is around really understanding what your blind spots are and having really strong allies. So people who you trust who will be able to tell you when you don't see things maybe as you should or or really mention to you when when uh, an area is of particular strength or particular weakness. She had a little tip around that as well, which I really liked, which was state intent before content. So when you're looking to share feedback with someone, it's about stating the intent around that feedback. She also said it's important to have a bit of fun at work. So don't forget your sense of humor when it comes to it as well. Number two, then, is to stand up. And that's really about living true to yourself, 
having a personal vision statement. As she mentioned, she's happy to receive emails from anyone who wants to reach out to her. She has a PDF that will help you to write your own vision statement. Or thinking about where you want to make a difference. Where do you want to be in five years? Imagine you're on your favorite show. So it could be Oprah or Ellen or another show that, that you have in mind. What would your friends, co-workers and family say about you if you're on that show? And thinking in any decisions that you make is what I'm doing helping me to live my vision. And I would relate this to back to knowing what your core values are and living true to your values. And when it comes to making decisions, making sure that those decisions are in alignment with your core values. Number three is to stand out. And that's to be valuable, be visible and be vocal and really to be a master in your craft. She also mentioned, especially in the day of Zoom, to be present. So just show up to those meetings, but make sure that you're being visible. Turn your camera on. She said that confidence is more important than competence. And I've definitely seen this in a lot of scenarios where someone maybe is less competent, but they have a lot of confidence and they come across very well. If you're an introvert, find the courage to speak up. Maybe take some time before a meeting that you can get some feedback on what it is that you're going to present or what it is that you would like to share. She also mentioned about creating an accomplishment list. And this is something I advise my imposter syndrome clients to do as well. I think it's really important. It's something that you can refer back to. It can be something as simple as an email as well or email feedback that you've received from people. She mentioned specifically about giving up perfectionism and the definition of perfectionism being unrealistically high expectations, being overly critical and caring too much what others think. And that's definitely something that I can relate to. So I know I know that feeling of wanting everything to be perfect, but there are steps that you can take to overcome that. Number four then is put yourself as number one on your list. Do things that bring you joy, whether that's finding time to read, to meditate. And the thing about this is if you don't put yourself first, then your body is going to speak for you and you'll end up getting sick. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who can relate to that as well. Number five then is about paying it forward. So that's about supporting other women. Be a mentor to other women who are coming up through the ranks. Try and support and not sabotage other women. She talked about straightening the crown without telling anyone else that it was crooked. If you enjoyed today's podcast, feel free to share it with a friend. Get involved in the conversation on social media. You will find me with the, through the links in the show notes or you can find me on LinkedIn, Aoife O'Brien, A-O-I-F-E, or on Instagram, happieratwork.ie. If you'd like a copy of Patty's book, you can get that on womenkickingglass.com forward slash book. Next week's guest is going to be talking all about his new book and it's about leading yourself first. So that's a, a really great conversation. I'm excited to share that with you next week. If you don't want to miss any episodes, don't forget to hit the subscribe button and you can also check out the podcast on my website, happieratwork.ie. I'll speak to you next week. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website happieratwork.ie. 